Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. Thank you very much for joining me here on Pretty Dece, your daily entertainment and pop culture podcast. You know... We live in a world right now where all the geeks who grew up playing video games, or at least a lot of them, have grown up and have well-paid jobs and have lots of disposable income, and they like to spend that disposable income on, guess what, their video game hobby. So that has led to this influx of very high-end, very specialized, very cool video game uh, merchandise, memorabilia, and hardware. So there's this awesome specialized market now where people will spend a ton of money on video on, on game hardware that is 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 very very specialized that 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 caters to a market that you know 20 years ago would not have existed. So for example, I own a console that's called the Omega Entertainment Machine. And this is a consoleized Neo Geo MVS. So just to to break that down a little bit, Neo Geo is a company that uh, that put out a home video game system that was based on an arcade system. So you might know Neo Geo from going to the arcade. You'd see their cabinets that says Neo Geo on the sides of them. And so they had a home version, which was called the AES. Uh, Then they had an arcade version called the MVS. So cut to today, you know, the the console version, the AES home version exists, but since not a lot of people bought them because at the time they were incredibly expensive, AES cartridges are, are very hard to find. They're usually very expensive to collect. And the arcade version, on the other side, those were pretty plentiful. And they ended up kind of, in a lot of cases, just getting thrown away when the games were no longer in use. So in a weird flip world, the arcade versions of these games are a little bit easier to obtain and typically are cheaper. And the Neo Geo has the fun aspect of the games on both platforms, both the arcade and home versions, are identical. They, they're the exact same game, just in a different case. So this this has led to this uh, this influx of people creating consoleized versions of the arcade hardware. So that's exactly what I have. Someone has made this cool custom enclosure, and inside of it is the actual Neo Geo arcade hardware. So I can then go on eBay or wherever and buy Neo Geo MVS arcade cartridges that would plug into this new little console. So what would normally be in a large arcade machine are now in my little unit. Things like that pop up all the time. So recently, a company named Analog put out what they call the NT Mini, which was kind of that, that same concept of a device for the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Except this one went a little bit farther. So this one didn't have any original NES hardware in it, and it output to HDMI, so an actual signal that you can feed into your modern television and get a really nice-looking picture. The problem with the NT Mini was that it was $450 to $500, so it was an incredibly high-end device that was only catering to people who who had that money to blow on, you know, a 30-year-old video game hardware. But the NT Mini is really cool. It's made out of this pure aluminum. It plays real NES games and has kind of 100% compatibility with NES games. So anything you want to throw at it, it's going to be able to do anything that a real NES could do. 
So the NT Mini is something that I've looked at for a long time, and I've wanted one, but it's, it's been really ridiculously expensive. And now Analog has announced what they're calling the Super NT, which is the Super NES version of the NT. So it's the exact same concepts at play here. It'll play real SNES games right off the cartridge. So you plug the cartridge into the Super, Super NT. It's playing the game right off the cartridge, just as the original Super Nintendo would do. It uh, it can use original SNES controllers. The apparently the workmanship is just as good as it was on the NT Mini, except this one's only going to cost one eighty nine ninety nine. So still a lot to spend on what boils down to just a Super Nintendo. But you know half the price of the original NT Mini, less than half the price of the original NT Mini. That's nothing to scoff at that they got this price in half. The 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 things the corners that they've cut are that it's no longer encased in aluminum, so now they have very high-end plastic, and uh, it doesn't have some of the same kind of audio hardware that's on board. So it's just spinning audio out over the HDMI instead of having kind of separate analog uh, outputs for the audio and the and the video. So most of those things don't matter, right? You're you're willing to to come up a little short on 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 money uh, to not have you know the crazy aluminum case and stuff. So the thing that makes these different, so so why would I want to go spend $190 on a Super Nintendo instead of just going and getting one on eBay or something like that? And the reason is these, you know, a lot of these little boxes that, that you can find, your your Retron duos, your Retron 5s, those sorts of things that, that purport to play old video game um, hardware, that purport to um, emulate old video game hardware, are doing exactly that. They are emulating that old hardware. So they have something running in there. Some of the, the, the newer ones have like Android, for example. And that sort of Android operating system, if we're going to run with that example, is running software. It's running an emulator, and your games are getting kind of inserted into that emulator. And that emulator is basically just approximating what the Super Nintendo or the NES would do when it encounters that particular file, in this case, that particular game. So they get close, and emulators are very good these days, but it's not exactly one-to-one. It is software trying to um, trying to emulate, trying to recreate what was originally a hardware solution when you would plug your cartridge into the original Super Nintendo and the original NES. These analog NTs are not emulation, so they're more simulation, and they do that using this thing called the FPGA. The FPGA is a field programmable gate array. <laughs> Sounds very complicated. But basically what this is, is it is a programmable chip that you can set up, you can program to behave exactly as the original NES or exactly as the original Super Nintendo. So there's no software here running telling telling you how to or, or telling the, the machine how to um, interpret the data that it's getting from the cartridge. It's actually happening on the chip itself, just like those original consoles. So all of that fancy mumbo jumbo, what that means for you is that, again, they have perfect compatibility. So anything that the original SNES can do, anything that the original NES can do, these devices can do it. So any game that you would plug in, even if you had a game that, you know, was like a prototype or something like that, like these should run it if the original SNES can run it. And then, of course, because it's it's their own chip, because they can do a little bit different on the back end, you get output to HDMI. So you get 
functioning exactly like an original Super Nintendo, but it gets to spit out a 1080p signal. Super cool. Uh, the 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 technology behind it is really fascinating. The fact that you can have this chip essentially simulating this other chip. And that, you know, because we know the specs of the SNES, we can we can make that exact. We know it's exactly working exactly as it should. There's gonna be no lag, anything like that. So from a from a technology standpoint, it's very exciting for that aspect. And of course, from a gamer aspect, it's it's essentially preserving game hardware. It's it's preserving game history. That's something that I talk about a lot, being a game preservationist. I love the idea that people are out there figuring out how these chips work and recreating them. So that way, when we get to the scary future where there are no more Super Nintendos because, you know, they've all been destroyed. They're super hard to find. You you can't locate one. Well, hey, at least we have this ability to completely, uh, perfectly copy the chipset and still play them. That's awesome. That's really cool from a kind of uh, historian's perspective. So I'm super excited about the idea of getting my hands on one of these Super NTs. They're coming out in uh, four different colors. So there is a color that looks exactly like the Super Nintendo that that we grew up with, that we knew here in the States. So that would be your normal like uh, purple uh, buttons and stuff like that. There's a version that looks like the the Japanese version that has the more colorful buttons and then slightly darker plastic. There's a version that's all black, so a really cool kind of sleek black version, and then there's one that's clear that kind of harkens back to some of the uh, early like Game Boy days where they, they came out with like the cool clear consoles and stuff. They can use all the original game pads and stuff like that. Uh, you can buy wireless game pads that go along with it, but you don't need to, and they'll play all of your original games. So very, very cool. And if, if, uh, if history uh, uh, repeats itself... So the the person behind the actual programming of the FPGA chip is a man who goes by Kevtris. His name is uh, Kevin Horton. He works at Analog, and uh, he kind of a genius in this field in terms of like uh, programming these chips and stuff. So Kevtris, after the original NT Mini came out, he released some quote unquote unofficial firmware, which is hilarious because he you know works at Analog, uh, but officially unofficial firmware. That added uh, extra uh, core support to the NT Mini. So that was uh, basically the functionality that let it play other games. So because this is just a programmable chip, it comes out of the box ready to play NES games, but you can program it to play lots of other things. So there have been a bunch of releases for this unofficial firmware, and now it, the, the NT Mini can play uh, Atari 7800 games, Master System games, uh, original Game Boy games, and lots of weird stuff too. So there's like Channel F, which is a, a weird uh, system that you've probably never heard of, Adventure Vision, which is a system you've probably never heard of. So not only can you play NES games, you can also then uh, boot ROMs off of the uh, included SD card using this unofficial firmware. So it's very likely that when the Super NT comes out, the exact same thing happens. Kevtris releases some unofficial firmware, allowing it to do stuff like play Genesis games, for example, which, again, it, when that happens, we have full compatibility, everything runs amazingly, and it outputs to, to HDMI. 
So again, very, very excited. I'm really into this idea of kind of high-end consoles. My wallet is not super happy about the idea of them because the Super NT is uh, is still pretty expensive, even it being uh, half the price of the NT Mini. Um, but it'll, it'll be out uh, sometime in February of next year. So if that sounds like something that interests you, I guess start saving your pennies now. <laughs>